Hello, adventurers. I want to take a moment to tell you that all our content can now be found uninterrupted and commercial-free on Apollo Plus. Apollo Plus is a subscription-based service that enhances your audio fiction experience with ad-free access to your favorite shows and exclusive content, while at the same time supporting us all as creators to keep bringing you quality content. Please take a moment to check out Apollo Plus at apollopods.com or download the app in your Google or Apple app stores. Again, that's Apollo Plus, your new home for quality audio fiction. Dawn of Dragons, Season 1, Episode 5. Bells. The man stroked his leathery face with one hand, brushing the edge of the thick salt and pepper mutton chops framing his cheekbones. Above them, the icy blue eyes peered into Zoran's heart, searching for some reason to deny his request. He was sure of it. His other hand cupped the burgundy bowl of a long-stemmed pipe. Zoran never saw the man light it, he noted that there was no thick smoke that seemed to swirl and stick greasily to the skin as he expected. The ship's captain absently chewed on the end of the prop and stared coldly back at Zorin. Why are you and your family going to the new country? He squinted an eye. To seek your fame? He paused. Well, sir... We're leaving because... Shut your gob, boy. The old captain leaned in, and in a strong, forced tone that reminded Zorn of a crashing tide on a rocky shore, continued. I can hear the winding of a tale like a fishing reel. Best not to lie to me. His breath was hot, and Zorn's face went flush. He sat back, his voice softening slightly. Your hands... Don't look like your fancy clothes. Zorn looked at the purple velvet tunic he was wearing. He had saved months and months of his own money to buy the soft garment last year. The family had said that it was his money to save and spend as he saw fit. Of course, a few games of cards didn't hurt to expedite those savings. Or some dice. He looked at his hands. The palms were calloused, though the nails were manicured. The plain silver ring on the right hand was dulled from years of work with his hands. The ring itself, Benedict had made him from an old spoon. What else can you offer besides the gold? Zorn stared at the pouch of their gold on the table. Remembering. Room 12? Cordelia was walking in the front, down an oily oak hallway. Benedict called back. I think it should be that last one. The door was a varnished black. Zoran knew this was to keep the sea from rotting the wood itself. The smell was musty, and the humidity gave it a thick, almost greasy feel. Cordelia gripped the cold forged iron and squeezed the thumb latch. Entering the room, they saw the one bed and the faded carpet on the floor. Zorn pushed in and flopped on the bed. Ah, this'll do. He kept up almost immediately laughing. 
<laughs> no, just kidding. Zane and I have work to do. Zane looked puzzled. Uh, we do? Yep. See, we need to get to Bell's, and we only have 20 pieces between us all. Ah, gotcha. Wait. Benedict broke into the conversation. No. For the umpteenth time, Benedict, it's not wrong when it's an agreed-to game. You could lose what little we have. Not now. Zorin looked at Zane. Oh, no. An all-too-familiar grin cracked the recently morose and distant Zane. No. Sophie smiled. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Zane ignored his brother. Four-legged kings? No. <laughs> Zorin smiled wickedly. Empty sleeves. Zane nodded, still smiling, and held his hand out to his best friend to shake heartily, both chuckling. Oh, no, this is bad. No, 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 Benedict no, no. was beside himself distraught. He knew inside those two could do anything, including ending up in the local lockup empty-handed. Cordelia hand-clasped her cousins gently. You have to trust them. But they could lose everything. Then where will we be? Cordelia didn't know how to answer, but she looked at Sophie, listening to Zorn and Zane plot out how they were going to profit tonight. They were chuckling excitedly, and Sophie's strong shoulders now were relaxed, as if she had sat down a large knapsack of heavy goods. Her stoic and cold features softened, and Cordelia saw her smiling, a smile long since missed. She smiled too, and turning back to Benedict, took his hand with both of hers. We'll be right here, Benedict. Together. The tavern was floored with dark-stained oak slabs cut together seamlessly. Years of scrubbing with coarse stones gave it a smooth, matte quality, much like the decks of the ships in the harbor Sophie imagined. <sighs> Blue cedar. Benedict remarked in admiration of the bar as he ran his hand on the surface. The bar itself was made of a single long plank of the wood. It is a tree common to the Viridian forest and known for its natural resistance to rot. The plank was oiled and polished to a high sheen, illuminating the natural gray-blue hues of the ancient wood. The leather-bound armrest was soft to her touch as she leaned on it. Cordelia sat at the bar next to her eating some green vegetables with a tart-smelling sauce. Rosemary. She loved that smell. It took her back to their old kitchen in Port Lafour. There you go, milady. A local mead from Akesh Balal. The barkeep sat down a plain pewter goblet with a honey-yellow liquid swirling gently in it. He smiled gently at her. His elven eyes and high cheekbones graceful in the soft light from the iron braziers hanging from chains throughout the large room. You will find the currants sweeter than any other. He leaned in, drawing his golden eyes to soft slits. As are many things in this fair city. Really? She too softened her voice. Yes. He leaned in further. She whispered in his ear gently. Just not you, right? I find you rather... She wrinkled her nose as she shook her hands as if freeing them from something wet and unpleasant. His eyes flew open, his face growing flush. 
Madam, I, I never would have insinuated that I would ever. Cordelia laughed. It's quite all right. Sophie smiled at her friends. It's a good night to celebrate. I thank you for the good laugh, and this wine is... quite delicious. Red-faced, the bartender bowed to her before moving to the other end of the bar where he saw other patrons to tend to. The game was going well, Zoran thought to himself. The five other players at the round dark wood table placed three cards face down in front of themselves. They each took turns drawing face-up cards and either adding them to their hidden hand or placed them in the center with coins to pay the pot. These cards could be taken as an alternative to drawing cards on a player's turn. Once six cards have been drawn, the hands are all revealed with a winner takes all for the best hand. Zane was at a table of minotaurs behind the player directly across from him. Boisterous and loud, they were all regaling each other with stories in a common bonding ritual called the boast. This was good, but risky. Zane was giving signals to Zorn by what he saw from the hidden cards from that side of the table. The risk was not getting caught. It was the Minotaur's accelerated consumption of ale, and Zane being half their size, that truly had him concerned. Hey, you over there, quit daydreaming. Are you going to fish or are you going to draw? Oh, today is a drawing day. Zoran coolly replied, staring at the player to his immediate left. He could tell the card depicting four stars around the crown that the dark-haired halfling three seats to the right laid down was the card that he wanted. Her black and honey-curly hair graced a dark brown scalp that was shaved around the sides and back, leaving the top in a dozen thick spiked and beaded tufts that bounced when she had raised the pot to silver. Not that he needed it, but that the man to his left most likely needed it a little bit more, given the slight inhale when she dropped it into the pot. The man was furious. His wiry goatee seemed to twist like an auburn lightning bolt from his pointed chin. Are you for now real? trembled ever so slightly, his golden eyes flashing a warning to Zorin smiled purposely, discarding a lion reared back with two paws ready to attack, taking a small silver coin shaped like a square. Oh, come on he gently now. tossed that as well into the center of the table where the core of the wood was a light beige, easily used as their pot for the game. The lion and one silver raised. Your turn, good sir. Are you, you've got to be kidding me. The man drew a card from the deck he was calling a fishing hole. Mumbling, he immediately placed the same card into the pot. An axe leaned against a stump on a felled tree. Good. At least he's not playing axes. <laughs> Zorin had thought. He looked to Zane as the half-elf woman began her turn. Zane's hand was a bald fist on the left thigh still. Someone had the stone. He'd hoped by laying down the lion, another of the major cards that would lure them out to take it. None yet, he thought. He also was noticing Zane beginning to sway a little. Ah, a pox on palace, one of the minotaurs began. He's destroyed our fair cities and enslaved many to his dark army. I hope he chokes on his pride and drowns in his own blood. <laughs> Zane laughed. <laughs> He's nothing. I should know. Zorin's heart sank into his shoes. What? 
is he doing? He wondered, panicked. <laughs> oh, would you now? The Minotaur retorted, his muzzle slightly sneering. Well, I fought for him five years ago. Until I lost this. Holding up a stump of an arm ending into a brass three-pronged fork. <laughs> it gassed me out to die, I reckon. But <laughs> I walked back here to first port, and I have been here ever since. <laughs> I was in Bloodwood. The Minotaur squinted his eyes. He lowered his black horns from the sides of his head, crossed his massive arms, and leaned back. Uh, Bloodwood. He snarled. <laughs> Mines must have been terrible with you there. <laughs> Zane laughed. I'd be lying if I said I didn't do my part to make things a little harder for old doom and gloom there, not just in the mines. The Minotaur laughed and clapped <laughs> him on the back. <laughs> Salute, little man. A smaller horned female Minotaur with deep blue eyes tapped her mug on her ornate bronze breastplate, the other two raising their mugs in salute to their newfound friend. Oi! Oi! Fuzzy face! Zorin looked at the halfling, standing on the chair and glowering towards him. Her dark brown eyes burned like hot coals. And you're... She plopped down with a grunt. It's two to you while you were off died, dreaming. She shook her hands and rolled her eyes. Zorin sighed, tossing two silver coins into the center pile. The game lasted deep into the night. Bendik looked up from his mug and saw Zorin approach a bit sheepish. <laughs> So, there's good news and bad news. What's the bad news? I only made a profit of four gold after the bar tab. A, a certain halfling and I will never be friends. And your brother is currently vomiting into a bucket. Benedict was stunned. This was a colossal waste of time. We can never get to Bell's While on Zorin this. was being dressed down by Benedict for his Again, irresponsibility, away, Sophie worriedly looked at Zane, bent over a bucket at the table. There were two smaller minotaurs laughing and clanking mugs with a stoic female, and a fourth, the largest male she assumed was the leader. He had three warrior braids ending in large silver clasps and his scarred face showed the story of many battles. She noted with a smile that he had his gray and black furred arm around Zane's shoulders gently patting him with one massive hand. His other was a trident resting on the table. Now people are throwing up into buckets, and I don't know what god I can pray to. Zorn? Who are they? Sophie interrupted. Benedict froze as Zorn smiled his crooked grin. He chuckled. Well, that's the good news. Seems Zane made good friends with the first mate and some of the main crew of a ship called the Sun God. They sail the bells tomorrow. Said I just needed to talk to the captain about passage, and he may be able to work a deal. Benedict laughed and shook his head. <laughs> Cordelia smiled and looked at her cousin, the hero of the night, head first in a foul and sour-smelling bucket. Uh -oh. <laughs> oh, God. What'll it be, son? The captain smiled, already knowing the answer. Zane and I can help on deck, and I'm skilled at the lines and ship's boat duties. Benedict is a talented iron worker, and Sophie can lend her sword if need be. The captain nodded and thought before continuing. 
And the raven-haired girl? Well, Cordelia is, a. Uh... He paused. The superstitious crew wouldn't take kindly to a wizard, he was sure. She'd be branded a witch and cast overboard as soon as they found out. Healer. A talented and skilled practitioner of the healing magics of the world, of which I do not fully understand. That's what I wanted to hear. You all pull your way to Bells and will be happy to have you as crew. Let's get started. We weigh in an hour. The captain took a long draw from the pipe in thought as he turned to look out the small window to his right. It opened to the harbor, and more specifically the dark mahogany-colored hull of the sun god gently bobbing at rest. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dice Tower Theater's Dawn of Dragons. This week's episode featured some very special guests from some of our favorite podcasting friends and family. Please keep listening to hear their promos here following our heartfelt thanks. You can find links to their shows in the episode notes. The Captain was played by Daniel from the Happy Go Lucky podcast. The Bartender was played by Brad from the Gigantic Adventures of Jeff and Simon, as well as the Fate of Eisen podcasts. Both the players pitted against Zoran were played by Sam and Piper from the World Forge podcast, along with some of their environment sounds, layered with samples by Sword Coast Soundscapes. You can find Sword Coast Soundscapes on YouTube. We release episodes every three weeks, so be sure to subscribe or follow us on most social media. Transcriptions, merchandise, and more information can be found at Dicetowertheater.com. Be sure to stay tuned for Episode 6, where the adventurers sail to the new country following Elaviv's last wishes. What waits them on that vast and endless ocean? Dice Tower Theater is a proud member of the family-friendly Potacon Go Network. In a world where there are only pigeons, You awaken what appears to be a small town jail cell. Well, golly, you all look important. I'm like a superhero. Well, I'm surprised you haven't heard of me. Yo, yo, what's going on, man? This is crazy. We came to rescue you. We need to find something. But he's dressed in all black. This is a, this is a mining operation here, children. I've never been in here. You're gonna have to hold my hand here, bud. What's up, my rainbow-colored friends? This tomfoolery will definitely be written in my notes this evening. He says it's back in time. I don't know. It sure is. It's the best in the state. I'm going to throw a smarak. Read your hand one more time and I'm going to give you a high five. Where's Eric? What did you do with Eric? Est-ce que t'es prête pour aujourd'hui? Oh, wait, wait, no, no, no! Hey, this is Josh here. Mystery and hilarious adventure await in an actual play format that's clean, fun, and appropriate for the whole family. Join our podcasting family as we create a world together. If you're everything podcast like we are, check out our midweek show called the Lucky Go Variety Show, where we put together short recaps, show our love to our podcasting friends, and dive into the details of our podcast. It's all kinds of good, clean fun on one podcasting channel called the Happy Go Lucky Podcast. Lucky is spelled L-U-K-K-Y. Tune in each week anywhere podcasts can be found.
Bonjour, fancy friends, and welcome to the adventures of me, Jeffrey Moncler, and my faithful winged feathered steed, Monsieur Simon. Join us as we traverse the realms of existence, discover ourselves and others, and have adventure! Ah! The Gigantic Adventures of Jeff and Simon is a family-friendly adventure on the family-friendly Podicon Go network. World Forge is a podcast by creators and for creators, where we use random prompts to invent just about anything you can imagine. to be like this ancient monster. They probably have a lot of control over their actions still because they can kind of fight against So it. maybe they would, like Space KGB, like Information Warfare, plant an idea of descent within the culture within the ship. So I'm trying to think of, of bird-like descriptors, yeah. right? See, what I... soul. Like this Together, we'll make heroes and villains, ancient monsters and magical cities. And our hope is that we can inspire all the other creators and storytellers out there listening to do the same. So, without any further ado, I'm Sam. And I'm Piper. And welcome to World Forge. <laughs>